Hi everyone and welcome to the latest OC Talks, the podcast brought to you by Oncology Central. I'm Rachel Jenkins, Senior Editor of Oncology Central, and today I'm joined by Arthur Kaplan, the Drs. William F. and Virginia Connolly Mitty Professor and Founding Head of the Division of Medical Ethics at New York University School of Medicine. Today, Arthur and I will be discussing the ethical implications of COVID-19 on the cancer field. So Arthur, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Do you want to start us off by mentioning the main ethical considerations for clinicians in the oncology field that have emerged because of COVID-19? Sure, thanks Rachel, and thanks for having me. As I see it, and as I've experienced it, there are a number of ethical issues that have emerged in the oncology area due to COVID. First and foremost is patient fears of coming to get treatment, coming to get diagnosed. The patients in many parts of the United States, for example, see uh, people saying they don't have adequate protective gear, that uh, they're worried about getting infected as healthcare workers, and it frightens them into thinking that even if they felt a lump or a bump, maybe they shouldn't go to the hospital because it's too dangerous there. If they're getting treatment, maybe they should not continue it because they have to take public transportation or put themselves at risk to get there uh, by coming out of the house, especially if they're immune suppressed due to their illness or older or have other underlying conditions to make things complicated. Another major issue is reduction in participation in clinical trials and studies. Many of them had to be suspended sometimes because resources were needed to care for patients in some hospitals. In other instances, people again just wouldn't come in and sign up or continue uh, to participate in uh, a clinical study of a new treatment, whether it's a gene therapy or CAR T cells or a drug uh, that hindered uh, cancer research. I know also that many people in the field of oncology have been diverted to do other tasks in the uh, hospital, and they worry that cancer has to be seen as an essential service, but because people were shorthanded with respect to ICUs and bed coverage, that they move people to do those things away from services that might be colonoscopies or screening services or sometimes different types of surgical services, and that impacts, I think, the uh, status of people with cancer. COVID is causing a lot of trouble. Cancer always does. So we have a trade-off issue about how do we spend resources? Certainly we want to do something about those sick with COVID, but we don't want to forget the horrible uh, impact that cancer has. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's something we've heard multiple times when speaking to oncology professionals as well. Um, So after you mentioned about repurposing of services and funding, How have the U.S. approached differentiating between essential and non-essential cancer care? Well, sadly, not as uh, systematically and as thoughtfully as I might like. The definition of essential has sort of pivoted around first money. What is the impact on the budget of moving services, suspending services? And I don't think money should be the driver. It's not inconsequential. If your hospital can't function because it goes broke, 
that is obviously important. But I don't think we determine what's an essential service just by, is it making money? Yeah. For me, the big issue is, what's the drain on services of continuing to provide something relative to the gain and benefit? So you may be able to continue, say, psychotherapy virtually online. It doesn't consume any resources that you were going to use for COVID. So there's no reason to stop doing that. If patients can do it virtually and get their psychological counseling, great. In other instances, when we're uh, looking at is something essential, it's partly a fight about how likely is it to save lives. There may be a strong case for continuing surgery for different types of cancer, but perhaps suspending elective procedures like colonoscopies, even though that will come at a health price, you know, later detection, still it doesn't appear to be life and death to ask people to put off, say, those kinds of screening procedures for a month or two. Do you think that will have a knock-on effect in five to ten years' time? I do. I think we will see, sadly, many areas in oncology showing uh, rebounds in uh, tolls on human health. One obvious one, HPV, cervical cancer. Vaccination rates around the world have fallen off as people have been afraid to go to the hospital or skipped regular doctor appointments. So many young women and some young men are not getting uh, the HPV vaccine. And I think that's a classic example where because we're not preventing the acquisition of the virus, we're going to see more cervical cancer, more anal cancer, more head and neck cancer because we had to push back uh, those uh, screening tests. What about in the near future, in the next one to two years, what ethical challenges do you foresee in the cancer field that could be linked to coronavirus? Do you think money is going to remain obviously one of the, the biggest factors? Yeah, you know, I still believe that COVID is going to be with us for another year at least. I don't think we're going to get a vaccine until late next year. I know there are optimistic predictions about that from other sources, but when I look at the likelihood of having uh, an early success, first out-of-the-box vaccines, it's a long shot. Most things don't work out that way. And then you have manufacturing and distribution problems that make it very unlikely that we're going to work our way out of this. So I think being prepared to offer oncology services in a world where COVID is still around, you're going to have to regain patient trust. They're going to have to find ways to make sure they can get to the hospital or the doctor's office safely and feeling that it's okay to do that without getting harmed. It may even be setting up special travel services for patients. And then you also have a situation where they have to trust that they can go to the hospital to get their procedures done and to get their screening tests done as those come back online as the need for ICU care, hopefully, begins to tamp down in different parts of the world in the U.S. So it does seem to me restoring trust, making people know that the environment is safe, that's really the biggest challenge in the next year. How do you think doctors can work towards restoring that trust back with their patients? Um, how do you think the challenges that you've just mentioned could be overcome? Well, I think the first step is to recognize that it's a problem. So we can't just assume that just because somebody has been getting cancer treatment, they'll come back because they know it's important. We have to reach out to them, find them, communicate with them to get in and get things taken care of. As we see resources realign, 
We have to urge people to come in for their physicals and checkups so that they get screening and surveillance. And that, that is gonna require more outreach. I also think it's important to be clear about what we're doing to make the environment safe, whether it's as simple as cleaning, social distancing, making sure that everybody's got proper equipment. Remember, the public has been subjected to a lot of months of uh, news media coverage where people say we have inadequate equipment. And that makes you just wonder, did they fix it? Did they solve it? So you've got to address that and say, here's the safety standards that we have in place. I'm going back to work. It's okay for you to come back as my patient. So changing perspective now to healthcare workers themselves, what are the ethical considerations for doctors and nurses and other healthcare workers? Obviously, it's been an incredibly tough time for them and will probably continue to be for a long time as well. You know, I think the first and foremost consideration is support. I think it's been rough on a lot of people to battle the COVID epidemic. It's taken a psychological toll. People got angry because sometimes they felt they didn't have support from the administration. Some nurses feel that they were censored and couldn't complain. Other people just stressed out having to work long shifts and handle an unexpected surge in demand by very sick people. If you were to ask me what I think is the most important thing to do, it's to provide a follow-up mental health support, find ways to deal with the stress and damage done in trying to mount a massive response to the COVID epidemic. And I think it has impacted the oncology world as much as anywhere else. Of course. Well, that's all we've got time for today, but thank you so much, Arthur, for such an insightful discussion. We'll leave a link below to Arthur's full talk at the AACR COVID and Cancer Meeting. But thank you again, Arthur, so much for talking to me today. Thank you for having me. And thank you to anyone listening to this podcast. If you'd like to hear more, please visit the podcast section of our website at www.oncology-central.com.